peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to worship at Laguna Presbyterian Church. We're so glad that you're here today. There is a friendship pad that is near the center aisle in each one of the pews, and we'd appreciate it if you'd fill it out and let us know that you're here, whether you are a visitor or whether you're regularly here with us. Uh, inside of the bulletin, there is our connections, the announcement sheet. You'll see at the very beginning of second service, right at 10 o'clock, there will be a brief congregational meeting for the purpose of electing the nominating committee. Also today begins at 10 o'clock our adult education series, Responding to God's Mercy. It's a complimentary series to what we're doing in the sermons, preaching through the book of Romans. And today the teacher is going to be Reverend Dr. Jeff McCrory, who right now is being the guitar player in the band. So he won't be doing that in second service. He'll be over there in the parlor in second service. And you are all very welcome to come and learn about what it means to be responding to God's mercy with our bodies. Also, photo directories are still available. If you have not picked yours up, they will be at one of the carts. Our grief support group got off to a good start last Monday, and it's not too late to join. It is Monday afternoons. Tomorrow is the last chance to join, so you can join the second week. It goes on for six weeks. Uh, also, we have a new women's small group that is starting up this Wednesday morning at 9.45. If you have very good eyes, you can see that what it, what the name of that book that they are studying is 1,000 Gifts. It is a wonderful book about gratitude and about being somebody who was dared to think of a thousand things that she was grateful for. Um, also, our third Friday Clippers this Friday will be having an evening in Paris, April in Paris. It will be a musical evening with the swing set from the Laguna Band. And you can sign up for that today. It's potluck, but we do need you to sign up. And a week from today, we are having a wonderful concert with Mark Hansen and his wife, Greta Pedersen. That will be in the uh, afternoon. You are welcome to come, and you can buy those tickets. It's actually a suggested donation. You can do that at the door. Why can't I see the time on that, Beth? It's at 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. Does it say 5 o'clock? Yes. It says it where my eyes can't see it. It says 5 o'clock, so if your eyes are as bad as mine, yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, if you have been thinking about becoming a member of Laguna Presbyterian Church or transferring your membership here from another church, there'll be an opportunity to do that next Sunday. Jerry will be having a one-hour gathering over in Tankersley Hall at 10 o'clock to talk about that. And if you'd like to become a member, you can complete the process right during that time. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. The words of the Apostle Paul on this, this Sunday, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Let us pray. Lord God, we gather to worship you in spirit and in truth. We ask that you would anoint us with the power of your Holy Spirit in this hour, that we may dwell in your mercy and celebrate your love. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Join me in the responsive call to worship. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits who forgives all our iniquity, who heals all our diseases, who redeems our life from the pit, who crowns us with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies us with good as long as we live, so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace we have been saved. And God raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And so let us stand and praise God together. Together, church. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. 
this morning. May our hearts fall before your throne. May we bow before you with gratitude. For Christ, you are risen. You are risen indeed. Amen. Let's be seated, church. This morning, our call to confession is a parable. Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. Sing together, merciful God and Father. Let us pray responsively. Almighty God, you have raised Jesus from the grave and crowned him Lord of all. We confess that we have not bowed before him or acknowledged his rule in our lives. We have gone along with the way of the world and failed to give him glory. Forgive us and raise us from sin that we may be your faithful people, obeying the commands of our Lord Jesus Christ, who rules the world and is head of the church, his body. And so we bring to you the silent confessions of our hearts. For we pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If God is for us, who can ever be against us?
I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't, and life can't, the angels can't, and the demons can't. And I'm convinced the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. Or who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him to receive a gift in return? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. This morning I read Paul's testimony to his own experience of the mercies of God, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. I've often thought that if Paul had, was a Presbyterian pastor and had included this in his personal information form or dossier for the church, that he likely would have never received a call to a Presbyterian church. Because of his authenticity, the integrity of his life, and the honesty of his own self before the church, we are deeply moved. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. I am grateful to Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me, because he judged me faithful and appointed me to his service. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But for that very reason, I received mercy so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display the utmost patience, making me an example to those who would come to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And from Romans chapter 12, Verses 1 and 2.
This is a transitional moment in this letter to the Romans. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We know something about Paul's story already. how he was on the road to Damascus to round up Christians, to bring them back to Jerusalem, to put them on trial. And it was during that journey that he heard the voice of the Lord and and he saw a blinding light that knocked him to the ground and blinded him. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. But stand up and go into the city. It was while he was laying on his bed, blinded, that the Spirit of the Lord sent Ananias down to him. And Ananias laid his hands on Saul and prayed for him. And the scales fell from his eyes. And he could see. And suddenly he realized that he'd been wrong about Jesus. That this Jesus of Nazareth was Israel's Messiah who had come to save the world. And now he was Saul's Lord and Master. And Saul was receiving a new call. He had, was baptized into Jesus. His sins were forgiven. And he received this call to be an apostle to the Gentiles. And from that moment on, Paul was totally the apostle Paul in service of the kingdom of God. Paul, as he witnessed to young Pastor Timothy, had been the recipient of God's mercies. Really, it is the entire letter to the Romans that it is an interpretation of the gift of God's mercy that not only he had received, but which every last one of us has received. The mercies of God. Paul, in that systematic exposition in the letter to the Romans, talked about humanity being lost, the Gentiles having fallen into idolatry, lost their way, minds and eyes really blinded, needing to be opened. Jews who, even though they had the law of God, had not been able to keep the law. In chapter 3, Paul says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is no one who is righteous, no, not one. How could the self-righteous Pharisee stand up in the temple and say, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people? Because the truth was, all people are fallen and in needing of rescue, of healing, of being brought back into right relationship with God, with the image of God restored within them. And Paul says anyone who's been baptized into Jesus has received the mercies of God. We've been reconciled to God. We've become identified with the death of Jesus. We've died to sin, but we've been identified also with the resurrection of Jesus. We've come alive in the power of the Spirit to walk in a new life and to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And Paul goes on from there to talk about the implications of God's mercy 
in every aspect of our lives as persons and as the church. It's appropriate that this springtime we focus on the mercies of God. I, I think the Lord has the whole church on this track. I don't know if you read the news, but Pope Francis of the Roman Catholic Church has declared a year of jubilee beginning this coming December. And it's going to be a year celebrating the mercies of God. And that great jubilee door at St. Peter's at the Vatican in Rome is going to be open and identified as a door of mercy. And the Pope is announcing that what the world needs now, more perhaps than any other time, is to experience the mercies of God, to be touched by God's mercy, to be brought into right relationship, to experience God's compassion and healing and unconditional love. He says, far too long, church has sort of looked down its long nose in judgment upon those who are fallen. What the sinners of the world need to know is that everyone is welcome and that God is merciful. So the invitation is going to go out. Perhaps it's appropriate for us to name each one of the doors of Laguna Presbyterian Church this year as doors of mercy, of forgiveness, of new life, of welcome, of hospitality, come to the very source of mercy It is out of this reality of the mercy of God that it is from everlasting to everlasting that Paul summarized his thought in the first 11 chapters of Romans. With this great appeal, this great transitional moment in all 16 of the chapters of Romans, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, he wrote to the Christians in Rome, I appeal to you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect, by the mercies of God. Everything I've said up to this point ought to be the great motivating power in your lives to make a difference, to work for the transformation of your life. The mercies of God. In the second hour this morning, Jeff's going to begin a class on how the mercies of God express themselves in our bodies because we belong to God, body and soul. In a couple of weeks, Mike Regal is going to talk to us out of Victor Hugo's book, Les Miserables, about the mercies of God, one of the great stories in all of literature. You remember that story of Jean Valjean, and as the police inspector, Javert, who was after him, Jean Valjean, had stolen bread from, a, from the window of a bakery in Paris in order to feed his hungry family in a time in which there was this huge chasm between the rich and the poor. And he was captured and thrown into jail for 19 years, if you can believe. And finally he was released after 19 years. with a hardened heart, questioning if he had any future whatsoever. At first night out, he found housing and food at the bishop's house. 
And during the night when everyone was asleep, he stole the bishop's silverware and climbed over the back wall, disturbing the stones, and escaped, but only to be captured by the police and to give the alibi that he had the silverware with him because it was a gift from the bishop. So they took him back to the bishop's house. They brought him in the front door. And as soon as the bishop saw him, he ran up to him and said, you forgot the silver golden candlesticks as well. Why? Valjean was stunned. In that moment, he realized the bishop was validating his alibi. They uncuffed him and let him go. And the bishop whispered into his ear, Jean Valjean, never forget. Today I have bought your soul. You belong to God and to good. Now go forth and make something of your life and help rebuild this suffering world. He said, oh, by the way, the next time you come, don't use the wall. Come right through the front door because it's always just latched. In that moment, Jean Valjean knew that he had been touched by mercy. And it took him many years to understand what really had happened to him in that moment. But what he had experienced was that at the bishop's house, Christ's house, there for the service of the world, there was a door of mercy that he could walk through as a reminder that he no longer belonged to himself, but he belonged to God because God had purchased his soul for good. And this is exactly what the Apostle Paul is telling us. In Romans, we no longer belong to ourselves. God has rescued us. God has paid the ultimate price in the blood of his only son. He's claimed our lives and raised us to walk in newness of life by the power of God's mercy and to be ambassadors of the mercy of God, a welcoming people of hospitality and love, pouring out mercy to people who need to hear. That's what the world is waiting for from the church. Pope Francis has said the world out there is like a battlefield. And we go out to lecture them on morals, and what they really need is emergency treatment, a triage on the battlefield to comfort them and to lift them up and to bind up their wounds and to get them to the hospital. And that's what the church is. It's a hospital for broken sinners like me and like Paul. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, your time, your money, your gifts, your work, your family, your years, all that you are or ever hope to be. Respond to God's mercies by presenting yourself as they presented the animals in the temple in Jerusalem, except in this case, 
it becomes a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. In a very real sense, this is what we do when we come to church, when we come to the table of our Lord that's a table of mercy. It's what we do when we come to church on Easter Sunday or any given Sunday. Last Sunday was such a wonderful celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was so touching, the music, the congregations, um, the liturgy, everything together. After one of the services, an old friend of mine, not a good friend, but one who I met over nearly a dozen years ago, and by the name of Scott Sunquist, who at the time in 2002 was professor of church history and mission at the Pittsburgh Theological Seminary in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where we had one of our moderatorial candidates forum. He was there that day, and he showed up here last Sunday. He's now the dean of intercultural school studies at Fuller Seminary, and one of the outstanding missiologists and scholars who who writes extensively, a very winsome man. And he he came up to me afterwards and he said, uh, Jerry, it's good to be here with you today. Uh, He said, I've been in Southern California for two and a half years, and I've made it a project of mine to visit as many churches as I can to find out what's going on out here. (laughs) He said, this is the 38th church. I've come to, and he says, this was one of the finest experiences of worship I've ever had. He was affirming us all. I said, Scott, I still remember that experience at Pittsburgh. Um, The president gave me a copy of one of your books, and I still have it in my library as a reminder the president of the school at that time, Sam Kelly, and had asked me at lunchtime to review some, uh, uh, left out some blank spaces on my uh, biography. He wanted to find out who I was and how I got to where I was at and why I was doing what I was doing. And I realized, what I'd realized for some time, that I was going to have to share, I was going to have to fill in the gaps. You ever have to fill in the gap of your life? So I told him how I got to where where I'm at. I told him about personal failure. And after I told him uh, what I was sharing with him, I mean, I wasn't a thief like Jean Valjean, but I was in the context of failure over which I had no control at the time. And uh, But it was a church that came along beside me and mediated the mercy of God to me and gave me my life back and my future. I've always loved the Presbyterian Church because of that. Sam Kellyan said to me at the time, he says, you've got to share that on the floor of the General Assembly because as a denomination, we've forgotten about mercy. And that's what the world needs more than anything else. We're so uptight trying to hold it all together, we've forgotten about the power of forgiveness. Even though we proclaim it, Church does not do very well with pastors who know they're sinners or with anybody else. And so we've all got masks on. It was a liberating moment for me. And having Scott here last Sunday was just a reminder of how deeply the theology of mercy is embedded in the life and the theology, the faith of the church. Who knows where we all come from? But the call is to exactly do what the apostle was articulating in Romans 1 and 2. I appeal to you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Lay your life on the altar 
and allow mercy to transform your life. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. J.B. Phillips translated that and said, don't let the world around you press you into its own mold. And Eugene Peterson in the message said, very much the same thing. Do not get so comfortable with your culture that you can't think right. Because if you've been touched by mercy and the image of God has been restored within you and you know yourself to be a child of God's mercy, you've committed yourself to a lifetime of transformation, of becoming like Christ. We've all been conformed in ways to the world that we're not even aware from the time of our birth, from our families, by our political economic system, by our education, even our experience in the church, our own human nature. We've all been shaped and formed, and we have a lot of relearning to do, a lot of reflection and a lot of change. Some, some people wonder if, if people ever change. That's why most people who come to Christ do so in their teenage years while they're still flexible enough. Some of us adults need to be blasted off the horses that we're riding and discover our humanity over and over again to realize we need mercy, we need transformation C.S. Lewis says, all of us who have been baptized into Christ, we get up every morning and we pretend to be Christ. We put on the robes of Christ. Or sometimes we put on a mask, the face of Christ, and we know we're not Christ. We pretend to be. The first time I heard that was when Ruth Carter Stapleton spoke at the Irvine Bowl on our behalf. And I thought to myself, that seems to me to be an inadequate theology. I don't want to be a hypocrite. But Lewis was using that word pretend in another way. He knew that we become who we think we are, who we believe we are, who we pretend we are. The 12-steppers would say, fake it till you make it. He said, one day we wake up. We take off the mask and we discover that we have become like Christ. We have his mind and we feel as he felt and we do as he did. He said the amazing miracle is that the more we become like him, the more authentically we become who we really are as human persons. So, I can in humility tell you today that I am more like Christ than ever before. And I am more authentically who I am as Jerry Tankersley. To me, that is really good news, that it's okay to be human, to be restored, to be renewed on the inside, to be a follower of Jesus, to walk in the way of his mercy So I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. That's what we're doing. We're worshiping. We gather to read the scriptures. We gather to pray. We come to the table. We fellowship. We serve together. We dress up like Christ. We know that the day will come when we will be like him, for we will see him as he is, as the children of God. That's the great hope of the church, that we will become like him, the one whom we love. So that you may discern what is the will of God that which is good and acceptable and perfect. If there's one hot word in the theological vocabulary of our time, it is that word discern. Discernment, discerning the will of God so that we can do it. 
In our own presbytery, we've had this elaborate couple-year process now of discerning the will of God for our presbytery. The amazing thing is that oftentimes the results of discernment lead us in many different places. Sometimes it's hard to know exactly what God's will is. And how is it we can hear so many different directions? It's brought a great sense of humility to us. But one thing for sure, we keep praying, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, shape my life by your mercy. Give to me the mind of your Son. Renew my mind by the power of your word and spirit. Claim my life. Claim the life of the church so that we may know and do your will and learn to love God with the totality of our being and our neighbors as ourselves. So this morning I want to be the bishop, even though Presbyterians don't believe in bishops. I want to whisper into your ear, your soul, body and soul, have been purchased by God in Christ. You no longer belong to yourself. You belong to God. Go forth by the power of His Spirit, the Spirit of mercy, into which you've been born again into a living hope. Go forth to make something of your life and to continue to join together as a people of mercy, to be a transforming presence at the heart of this city. What a gift this congregation is to this city and to all people. Thanks be to God that we've been touched by mercy. Pray with me. Dear Father, we surrender our hearts and our lives to you. Continue the work of transformation, we ask in your name. Amen. We present our morning offering.
mercy and pardon and righteousness mine. All praise to the Spirit who's whispered divine. Seals mercy and pardon and righteousness Merciful God, hear the prayers of your people as we gather our hearts before you. This morning we give you our lives and our world, lifting up to you our cares and our hopes. You watch our ways and weave out of terrible happenings wonders of grace. And so we ask that you will surround with your great love all who find themselves today in distress. Pour out your mercy upon them. We pray for those who are sick or bear other suffering today. Hear their names as we speak them aloud before you. David Huntley, Chris Appel, Tom Judy, Ron Hubbard, Craig Williams. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we hold before you the world that you love at one another's throats in so many ways. Renewed racial tensions in our own country, conflicts in Yemen, in Syria, in Kenya. We pray mercy for the prisoners and hostages of our world and for those who hold them captive, for all who live in hunger and those who will not share their bread for all who are misunderstood, and for those who misunderstand, for those whose words of love are locked within their hearts, and those who yearn to hear those words. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer, and make us agents of your mercy in our community and in our world until the day when your will is done on earth as in heaven even as we pray together for the coming of that day, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Thanks be to God for his amazing grace and mercy at work in each one of our lives, at work through the church around the world. Go forth this day as a merciful people in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.